hello girls, gays and days, and everyone in between and all around. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of The Pelvic Floor. We are absolutely thrilled to bits to have you back. Um, gosh, what a week it's been for everyone, eh? We get into it, folks. That's just the case. So here is a fair trigger warning, fair content warning. We do talk about Sarah Everard. Violence against women and girls in general, um, Meghan Markle pops up, suicidal ideation, um, blessing Ola Sagan's case, uh, systemic racism, re-traumatising of refugees and those seeking asylum and white privilege. We did, we went around it a bit, uh, we couldn't help it and it's absolutely right that we did give it attention and energy. Um, but if that's not your bag and you just had a bloody enough of it, that's absolutely fine, take care of yourselves, skip ahead to 40 minutes and 18 seconds. Listen, we love you. Let's get into it. Boop, boop, boop. Oh my days. Who is he? Hey, what's up, you guys? It's me. It's Cody. I'm back. I just thought I'd jump on here real fast and hit up my podcast. Bestie, what's up? Oh my days. That is incredible. Hey, what's up, you guys? Yes. Hey guys. Let, what's up? Let me. I'm just going to look- update my Tinder real quick. <laughs> <laughs> You look fantastic. Do you want to explain to the readers who you are? Hey, what's up, you guys? Just to let you know, I am in costume <laughs> as Cody. He lives with his mom. Shout out, mom. <laughs> he hangs out in his bedroom. He stays there all day. Mom makes him snacks, which aren't always the right snacks, but he makes <laughs> he gets snacks. Yeah. Shout out, mom. You've been really cramping my style right now. I was like, I've got to jump on my podcast. And she was like, oh, will you make dinner? I'm like, oh, I've got a really sore knee. And I was like, shut up, mom. I'm doing creative flow. I'm jumping on Twitch later. I've got a game with my bros. She doesn't get that it's like a valid revenue stream. (laughs) (laughs) Je love, (laughs) j'adore. Like, I make more money than anyone in, in my history class at school. <laughs> None of them make any money. I do. Except for maybe Johan. Like, he does really well. He sells pictures of his feet, but I don't want to go there. <laughs> Shout out, Johan. <laughs> um, so, Tilly is dressed up. <laughs> yeah, I am Rosanna. Um, I've got long, flowing blonde oh, hair for once. Yummy. And... I'm feeling powerful tonight. I've done a little, a funky, um, I don't even know how you describe this eye look. It's kind of, it's got an abstract absent space in it. It's a bit of a pink outline and then absent space. Mm. So I don't know what, the, that's probably a word like, for it. But, is um, it like the 70s? Yeah, the 70s outline, but in pink. Mm. It's I've like very for. twiggy meets. Very twiggy. Um, twiggy meets punk kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. It wasn't, but I'm 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 living for it. Here we go. Hey, this wig, I put this wig on, and I've got a new lease for life. I just met, just um, I just zoomed um, my oldies, my my bezies from day one, and um, I had this wig on, and I was like, "Excuse me, princess, I'm just fabulous." (laughs) Your day ones, my day ones, and I had this alter ego. They didn't know who she was. They were like, "Who is this?" It didn't happen. I'm, I'm lying. I'm doing lying. Don't lie. I mean, no, don't say you're lying. Let them believe the truth. Uh, but this is a throwback to um, to James Collins' episode, shout out, because this is what I referenced when I said about their, their Jamie party. I was like, I put a wig on and I became a different woman. It was liberating. 
and it's true once you have this like armor this disguise you you're like I could be anyone shoes. Mm. it's true I could and I take steal I could go and steal someone's man right now hell yeah and I may hell yeah you could if we weren't in a pandemic I might consider it yeah you might zoom into some you might zoom might bomb zoom. some dates <laughs> watch yourself lads <laughs> I might tuck it behind my ear. Yeah, though, I, um, I love this. What? Yeah, we might get hot under our various disguises. Feeling, <laughs> <laughs> um, But hot. I love wearing this like Cody outfit because once I got my um, fring, I am... Um, oh, good. And obviously my pallid complexion and uh, I've actually put makeup on to make me look more like a, more like a dude. And I was like messing around trying to like... Um, procrastinate from writing my essay and I just like jumped on Instagram of course and was like hey what's up you guys check out my TikToks <laughs> shout out friend of the pod Kate Duckney for the hey what's up you guys constant hey, reference that makes guys? me laugh so much um obviously that's it. a Shane Dawson thing but um and my um my boyfriend didn't like love love it um <laughs> so I think it made him like challenge some stuff about his attracted to me <laughs> as a dude <laughs> but he'd be like so dtf jafiel <laughs> dtf uh, um, i love it it's so much fun like it is again kind great. of liberating to be dressed as a boy thank you i love it i love so it you. how are you dear friend i'm all right i'm all right i've actually felt a bit you won't be surprised, heavy and a little bit yeah. frustrated, a little bit overwhelmed. The news this week has obviously been, and I don't like, I don't want to talk about it. And yet it's all I want to talk about. And yet I just don't want to talk about I it. I completely relate. I completely I relate. A lot of, a lot of women are going through what we're going through right now. And a lot of people felt like it deserved our time and our energy. And a lot of people just couldn't fucking cope. And um, yeah, and yeah, it's been a long week. I've had a, quite, quite a lot on. I've done a, quite a lot to do with uni and I felt quite good about it but I just whew. where's the like Heavy. levity and also, we're still feeling frustrated it's all the same stuff like it's been drawing on all of us feel like we just want to go anywhere else on holiday or any just be anywhere else do anything else yeah. feel differently on top of the um, pandemic there's this very yeah. real very raw mm. issue about women's safety and violence mm. against women and if you know what we're talking about, fucking log on to bbc.co.uk because... <laughs> yeah. um, oh, by the way, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a classic gin and tonic. I'm feeling very stylish mm. with my goldfish bowl right here. What are you drinking? In your, your I'm drinking bar. a white lady. Huh? I know. Who is wild. She? Basically, gin and orange juice. Ooh, weird. Mm. Why is it with called the optional, a white lady? I have no idea. I think it's optional egg white. I declined on that. that on that horrid. Offer. I think you did well to decline. I would decline yeah. also. Yeah. And so it's simple syrup, gin, lemon, orange juice, Cointreau. Oh, baby. Uh, yeah, you love to do. It's fucking delicious. goes down a tree. I think it's kind of hilarious that Cody's like gaming up on Twitch and drinking a lovely white lady. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that for you. Um, how are you doing yeah equally heavy it's just I mm -hmm. yeah it just hit me real hard I just cried a lot and don't really mm -hmm. know what to do 
experience just feeling of despair and feeling useless and I just skyped my days my day ones and they were like it's just baffling because these are behaviors that we've been doing that we hadn't realized were like a problem until now you're so used to like sending the are you home text Mm -hmm. it's you don't even think about it and now people are actually reflecting and thinking just how shit it is that actually we're not made to feel safe we're made to feel at risk because men are denying this gendered violence them denying women's experiences and it's awful Mm. And there's been so I much sharing of trauma online, and I've been part of that. I've been, I've been, mm. I've been fully part of that, and it must be so triggering for people. It's triggering for me. Mm. It's it's triggering. It's horrible. Mm. But I also feel not validated. What's the word? Like there's there's strength Vindicated? in everyone. Maybe yeah. There's strength in seeing people who don't normally. So I. I post a lot of shit normally. I am very political and very, I just shout into the void a lot and see that as activism, which I know is problematic in itself because it's not doing enough, but I try and donate where I can and, and write to MPs and things. But still, I shout into the void a lot and it's good to see other people also shouting into the void about this because it feels like, I don't know, people will hear and people I'd, will listen. I'd, I'd parry that... I don't think it's shit. Like shit posting is so different to posting about politics and activism. And I'd also say, yes, I understand that shouting into the void and to the echo chamber perhaps is a, yeah. a word that, that we bounce around a lot when, um, and for anyone who doesn't know, I'm not trying to patronise you, but you know, just so in case you don't know, the echo chamber is like um, when you only follow and other people who match your views and match your socioeconomic beliefs as well as sorry your socioeconomic status as well as your beliefs and your moral linings and your political affiliations when you all follow each other you can be really certain of something and, and like be completely this is like the voice of the opposition are lost sometimes because we just don't have those people in our social media circles um, which i think we have but also but, i think because we went to private school, I think there's a mix. I think that we have an echo chamber yeah, full true. of beautiful liberals who agree and, and fully support everything we say. But I also think there are other people lurking in the background that don't and some of the, youth. the same views. Yeah, yeah. There are people that don't some young people have and some old people on there. Mm. Um, but the point I was kind of coming to is that apart from donating and voicing and like giving voice to allies and giving voice to to like advocacy what else can we do in a pandemic and like if you if you dear listener have an answer to that question we want to know yeah (laughs) Um, we do not want to sit in ignorance so please let us know if you're like hell yeah there's things you can do Um, like there's a vigil being contested in court because people want to come together and have a vigil everyone's like because of covid so like the activism is still there the want, the need is still there, but like the COVID thing is still a real thing. And that's just because it's not the newest thing doesn't mean it's still not real. Mm. There's an I online guess. vigil too. I'd share it, but by the time this is released, it'll be too late. But I'll send you the oh, online okay. vigil, Tilly. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, but yes, tough, heavy. And, and I guess it's it kind of like... Sorry, you go. No, no. It's felt like a real... 
real core for over a week because it started with International Women's Day and like everyone trying to come together and feel empowered and have some sense of like I don't know yeah empowerment and then we had the whole saga with Meghan Markle and the Royals Mm. and Mm. and Piers Morgan exclaiming that her Meghan's experience of suicidal ideation wasn't correct and the rest of the internet piling on that and it's just it's just and it's this this whole idea of like my family we skyped my family this last weekend and they're all talking oh I'm team I'm team team royal I'm team Kate as if it was like like trivializing it as if it could be like it's just Mm. so baffling to me this poor woman has experienced all of this stuff and we're out here watching it like it's entertainment and so we had all that all that stuff to bear this week with like a woman of color expressing her her experience of having suicidal ideation and being told being denied being told she's wrong um, by not just Piers Morgan by a whole corner of the internet a whole load of people who think they have authority on the matter um, and then this and then uh, yeah yeah I've been a real shitter I completely agree. And that's weird. I feel weary. Weary is the word. It's tiring. It's tight. Ty- it's also tiring being an outspoken feminist, having been like mm. preaching this for a long time and mm. people coming to it now. And that maybe that sounds silly, but people only understanding it now. It's like, we've been saying this for so long. How can you only just be listening? I know we've talked about that before, like feeling like, it's like what what did we say before in a previous episode that we're like it's shocking to us how it's still shocking to everyone else kind of Mm. thing and that is true and it brings me back to that idea of like um active engagement choosing to educate yourself choosing to better yourself to broaden horizons choosing to be pushed outside of your comfort zone choosing um to to understand beyond your like um, in the bubbles that you were grown up in kind of thing yeah yeah and that in itself is tiring and um it's obviously worthy and important for all the right reasons and that's why we keep doing it because we march to the beat of that drum but it is weary and then for some people to be like hey you guys <laughs> have you thought about not blaming the victims and we're like yeah. I, also feel, I also feel a very strong way in relation to like where was this energy? Okay, there was kind of the energy, but like, there, okay, so I was going to say, where was this energy in relation to the Black Lives Matter movement? And mm. there was an energy, but it's like, I've seen people posting that did not come forward when George Floyd was murdered, for example, and they're not, or they posted the square and that was it. Like, where are these mm. conversations being had? It feels like, it also feels, I've seen some stuff on Instagram as well about like the fact that Sarah was a white woman getting so much more media attention than mm. that of a person of color and it's like blessing Olusegun was her body was found washed up last year on a beach in Brighton and was not given this amount of media attention mm. as a black woman and it's mm. and this this stuff happens all the time and it feels like because she was a white woman it got catapulted into the spotlight which isn't to deny how important it is that and that yeah exactly exactly it's so important it's so hugely important that it's got the media attention mm. it has but why haven't the rest of the poor women who've lost their lives and that is so important and so true if all of the violent 
murders <laughs> perpetrated against trans people have been reported on. This like exactly. shock and oh think my would be... god! I know, I know. Exactly. And you're right. There is element of that, but that this it's easier to sort of no, no, no. I don't want to say that. No, change my mind. Um, let me. How do I describe this? How do I put this into words? Um, it is the evidence for gender-based inequality and yet it takes a fucking tragedy for people to open their eyes and ears mm. mm-hmm. uh, like it was it's been there it's been there the whole time like also race-based um inequality too like like if if there was ever a case for like systemic racism protecting white people and privileging white supremacy above the literal lives of people of color Mm. and also gender like outside cisgendered people i don't want to say the wrong word no you're right conversations you're right conversations must include people of color trans people and gender non-conforming people like Right. Where are they in this conversation? I've seen some posts and that's great, but it's only from like progressive liberal accounts that I follow. It's not from yeah. like the everyday. It's not people aren't considering this. People aren't considering mm. that trans and gender non- non-conforming people are. I think it's twice as likely to experience harassment or violence. I might be butchering that statistic, so I'm going to look it up. But it's something mm. shocking like that. Like, and we've been we've been talk- People have been talking about it forever, and no one's mm. listening. Mm. where is this yeah. outrage yeah, obviously, is it, obviously it's completely valid and important that there is outrage at the moment I don't want I don't mean to discredit that I just mean there should also be the additional work being done to call out injustices towards trans people people of color and this also brings me to a conversation that we had uh, um, during my lectures today um because we had a brilliant um lecture about um the charity Women for Refugee Women. And um, we're talking about how re- people who are seeking asylum have to explain their reason and their journey explicitly multiple, multiple times over. Yes, re traumatizing. Sorry, this is news to me. Of course, you know this. So, um, yeah, so they, to the translator, to the social worker, to yeah. the judge, to the blankety, yeah. blankety, blankety, all the bureaucratic people, whatever, which obviously is a terrible ordeal and obviously leads to potential re-traumatisation. But also that has to be packaged in a certain way for the people who are hearing it to be able to understand it and then like log it in their like little systems. Um, and also there's no care being taken to like support them and no mm. aftercare being provided for these people that mm. are having to re-traumatize themselves. This happened with a young boy that had to just, just to re- be able to, to work with at my old job. Exactly. He had to keep telling his story over and over and over again to the point that he became desensitized to it, which is abhorrent. Mm. Mm. But this kind of we went into our breakout rooms, we were talking about um this reading that sort of mentioned this and the, all this new knowledge that we had and um this um woman of color in my group who i would love to get on here so she could speak to her own experience as opposed to me paraphrasing it because obviously it like coming out of my white mouth means something completely different um but for the sake of argument 
I'd like to like reference it in a general general way to like just bring some attention, just bring some energy to this um, rhetoric that we're kind of uh, like discussing now is that like it comes up frequently in the discourses after like some terrible, dreadful, awful thing happens. It's like mm. it's on the onus of the community who have community suffered the trauma to explain it to the mainstream, to the hegemonic mm. discourse. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is so gooped, like so goofy, like it's all wrong because like, just like you say, like the trans community have been shouting about this for so long being like, like it's like gender-based violence and like, viol- oh my God. Like, and so finally women, no, sorry, excuse me, not finally. So in the light of the most recent um, news story, women are being like, we keep our keys between our fingers. We check in with each other to, to keep it home safe. Like it's not safe to walk home. It's not safe to be on a bus with a man. It's not safe to be, sorry, any old man, but just like we always are re-evaluating our safety in every single public space. Like mm-hmm. every single one, we're always re-evaluating our safety. And even then the like gender-based or sexual violence acts happened by people that we know and people mm-hmm. that are in our own homes. So it, like exactly. even then, it, wait, also, we're never safe. The community is the the community of the people that are healing. The community sh- it should not yeah. be down to the yeah. community to be the ones to educate. The community are mm. trying to respond and heal, and it's mm. exhausting. I can imagine to be a person of color trying to explain mm. to to people like us about why this mm. is problematic, why this is difficult. It's exhausting for mm. women right now to explain why mm. it's triggering and exhausting for so many women on my timeline, like sharing their experience mm. to to show like i have had men in my dms today responding to my messages being like mm-hmm. yeah but not all men have and... you thought about this though and you're like i know yes, i fucking thought about it We're i mean of you. fucking course this is what pissed me off the conversation we had earlier over text when you were sharing some of these dms with with me that like the conversations you'd had first of all i think you conducted with yourself with grace and with like ignanimity is that's not a word conducted yourself with such grace because it's important to educate and not get angry and sorry ah fuck it you can get angry if you want to but i understand that someone who needs to be educated may not respond Mm -hmm. to anger so i appreciate the choices you made in that context yes you can be angry anyone can be fucking angry of course you should be angry that feeds action sometimes but i thought you dealt with it incredibly well because i think he was a well-meaning person but didn't realize how ignorant and damaging the things that he was saying were um but that's what i mean it's like good men being like yeah but like have you thought about this you're like oh you've lived it bitch like i've motherfucking lived it you don't need to tell me to think around the subject you don't need to tell me to wonder how you feel you don't need to to insert yourself into this narrative one more time and ask me to think about your perspective bitch that's not what it's about thank you you need to just shut the fuck up and listen. And like, and if listen. someone posts on their timeline anything, and if you want to engage with it, you come in from a place of learning, not a place of like, yeah, but here's my opinion. I've had this brain fart. And I think you need to take time out of your day as part of the community who feels this trauma and listen to what I think. Exactly. And this is what people of colour experience with microaggressions and, and, and people yeah. having to explain like, oh my God, it's it's I have a glimpse of it now being a woman and trying to understand explain to a man I know it's not the same at all and I don't mean to conflate them but man and you don't want to derail the conversation away from what needs to be talked about 
this again happened in my lecture today because we were talking about refugee stories and how it relates how it, the the idea of explaining your story seeking asylum to the like powers that be trickles mm. down to explaining white privilege back to white people um and right. we'd had this great conversation and um one of the girls on my course was like i have a we have a uh, people of color whatsapp group just because we need a space for us to talk about shit that's yeah. happened like it, you know we just need to survive we just really need someone else who understands it because we are a predominantly cis white female group on yeah. my ma and to anyone who's As listening cis cis means cisgender yeah. so that means that you identify with the gender you were bought you were prescribed at birth yeah that's right and so we're all i mean we've had a lot of lectures together and, and I can't speak to that being the absolute truth, but I'm just saying the majority of us, I hope I, yeah, whatever. Um, and sometimes it's so glaringly obvious when we talk about issues to do with diversity. And there's a, like a common statistic, like that the, the um, largest percentile of people in the applied theater field are white middle-class women <laughs> because we mm. have this like urge. Anyway, um, yeah, when we we went back into the main room after our breakup room and we were just I like decided to share um what we talked about and um I had been elected the speaker for the group the like what's it called the um not the mouthpiece the, the not the scribe the the whatever the word I, the sharer person um and um so I talked about what we had talked about and I was like explaining my privilege back to people and sensitivity and da 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 da, da. and um the workshop leader was like yeah it's so important to have space like spaces where people can be heard amongst their peers and I was like yeah um I have a whatsapp group for white straight Christian women because <laughs> I really want our voices to be heard I'm obviously making a dumb joke <laughs> and it fucking went down like a lead balloon dear reader it did not go down well i just spent the last like five minutes sweating out of every orifice i have trying to frame everything we'd said in the best way possible to do justice to the beautiful clever people that said it and then at the end i was like yeah i have a whatsapp group for white straight christians <laughs> so we can share our experiences <laughs> what experiences i mean literally and also i think i'd be alone in that whatsapp group even oh god it went down like a foosing lead balloon dear reader god sorry no don't be i deserve it honestly for trying to i just panicked and tried to make a joke and i do that so often and that's like just my only bad quality but it's true it's your only bad one you have no apart from your lateness bless you oh we've lost her did i offend her willie there we go I um mm. I want to move on from this because it's very heavy, but I have a couple of things more that I would like to say. Is that okay? Yes, I'm ready for it. Okay, I think that it's important to understand that this isn't just happening on the street. This 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 gendered violence is happening within the home, with two women a week being killed by their current <gasps> or former partner. Two women a week. I took that statistic from the refuge um refuge charity homepage ah. so it's when people are saying like 
not all men. This like this happens very rarely. It's it's not true. It's happening twice a week to women and girls in this situation living with partners or ex partners who have been aggressive and violent towards them and committed homicide. Like it's 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 real and it's happening and not enough conversations happen around that. Which is awful. Um That's awful. Also, I wanna say that I have seen a lot of posts about being like and I myself have posted saying it's not enough to just post. Men have to have these conversations. They have to be challenging rape culture, expressing their anger healthily and discussing like harassment amongst mm. each other. These men need to be having these conversations. It sounds so simple to say it because it seems so obvious, but alas, alack, they're not getting it. And the ones that are responding saying, not all men, there are some other like experiences here, blah, 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 blah. Listen to yourself. Listen to the women. Mm. It's important. The discourse often includes excludes trans and non-binary folk, and it's not enough, basically, as we said earlier. It's not just not enough. It's heresy, because yeah. we wouldn't have any... Sorry, excuse me. It's heresy because the widely accepted social equality movements came from trans men and women. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very true. That is so without, true. Without them, like they are the giants on which we stand, like the shoulders on which we stand. <laughs> it's not just not enough, it's fucking heresy. Like <laughs> you can't exclude people who built the movement and would not That's exist so without true. them. But people do because it suits them, because it's easier. And because the way the patriarchy is set up and the way our society sets up is just like benefits from erasure it, it, it honestly just not just promotes pro- white supremacy but it erases everything else yeah and once right. you know that shit man shit it's like to us it's obvious and i say us very liberally because i've still got so much to, to learning to do and yeah, obviously same. that's why we're here is to learn but it's wild it's wild out here y'all it is wild okay yeah we're we're we lose sight of the fact that Marsha P. Johnson set started mm. the Stonewall riots and started the whole movement, and she was a trans woman of colour. You're so right there. But like I yeah. said, it's easy for us to forget because we're, we are part of a system that not only makes it easy, but, like, pushes us to kind of thing, like, it's funnels true. us all. The final thing yeah. I want to say on this before I want us to move on is that this is ugly and it's all about structures of power and oppression and the oppression that men have over women but also the oppression of the police force let's not ignore the role of the police in this like the abusing of power and the treatment of people of color by the by the police is incredibly problematic and is what we're all calling out at the moment i say we're all sorry what the circles we move in are calling out at the moment like not only problematic dangerous obviously yeah it's not surprising it's not surprise. It did not surprise me that this was a policeman. Some of my friends are like, "Oh, it's just so shocking! Like, it's a, it's a, it's this person that you trust and believe is a pillar of the community." And I'm like, "I don't trust them. People don't trust them." It's been. I would say that there is no. Actually, uh, that brain fart. Yeah, this um, a friend of mine replied to one of my Instagram stories, and she said happened meters away from my house i literally live around the corner from her and um 
and it's so scary and grief, worry, terror, anxiety, stress, all of those things and more. And I said to her, I was like, I'm gobsmacked, but I'm also not surprised at all. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm so shaken to my core and yet not surprised. Yeah. And I I feel like it's that combination. It's like, so people who say like, oh, I'm so surprised. Like, I was like surprised, but also like confirmed all of the shit that's going on. And, And that in itself is sad. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I know completely what you're saying. Because it's just a terrifying reality to have all of your your sh- shit confirmed, like all of that. Like, yeah. And this is why I believe that the police should be defunded, not abolished, but mm. defunded, because mm. I think there needs to be a vast look at... Vast, not a vast. There needs to be a serious look at... What's the word? Um, the criminal justice system and how we treat people. Yeah, but also, like diversity within the work within the workforce of the police we need community members acting as police officers community members with invested mm. interests not these like standalone mm. hungry men the white men obviously i'm not saying that all policemen are white men but this is the issue here is that there's so much there's so much in in what's the word so much what's the word bias yeah I don't know I mean I guess also if you are just a like blank pay I don't know I don't know whatever but the the fact that the institution is set up with like a racist rhetoric imbricated in its like very foundations means that unconscious bias unconscious unconscious bias yeah you can be like uh, for all intents and purposes, a quote-unquote good man quote-unquote a normal quote-unquote person quote-unquote do you know what I mean like I'm like we're not saying, like, everyone who's white is bad. Everyone who's a policeman is a bad man. Like, we're not saying that. We're saying that the system is fucked and it privileges white supremacy and allows for bad choices to be made, allows for bad people, sorry, for people to do bad things because it protects them and it doesn't penalise them or it doesn't, it's not set up with any kind of diversity or equality in mind. And that is exactly. why this whole defund the police is really important because it's not that we don't believe there should be a police force. We're not saying that like it should like run riot in the streets or whatever, even though rioting is good for whatever reasons, we know. Like <laughs> We're just saying that the structures as they stand are not serving everybody. They yeah. are not, they are literally And they're actively harming people. people. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And how could anyone with real goodness in their heart, any real human person, agree with that? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to really reevaluate the cocoon that you live in to think that keeping the police the way it is is, is fine. Mm. Whether you're from the UK, whether you're from the US, like, whether you're from, I mean, and this is, again, a largely, like, um, UK-US centric debate because... We can't speak to the other continents that we don't have the same news media outlets for. Like, we know snippets of the terror and injustice that happens in all the other places in the world. But the common discourses that we are, that we have ready access to, like, is about the kind of the UK and the US. So I kind of want to say that as well, that like, yeah. There's plenty of shit in the world that we don't know about. And mm. again, we don't want to live in ignorance and we are happy to learn about it. But like we're speaking to those systems at the moment 
and it's it's wild again that so much tragedy so many lives have to be lost before we reevaluate these things yeah that's the other thing that is the sad like not saddest but like gut-wrenching yeah tragedy and the fact that we all have to live it and then relive it and then live it and relive it like I don't want to get into too much explicit shit but the stuff that we've seen kind of reposted is like if you think that this like a policeman doing this is bad like the reposting of um I don't even want to say it because I mean obviously one million trigger warnings but if you think it's bad for this for like white people it's going to be so much worse for people of color and for gender non-conforming and trans people because yeah (laughs) and it has been for so much longer anyway anyway important it's important that's raised yeah yeah and again dear listener if we have used a term a phrase a term of phrase that you don't agree with yeah let us know and and we're happy to be corrected like like I say before in, in all of the episodes like our hearts are in the right places but that doesn't mean that we're infallible from making mistakes yeah so if you want to educate us slide into those dms tell us and again we will also be doing our own research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you don't have to explain anything into that. Just call us out on something and, and we'll happily research. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel now? I feel... I feel glad that I could raise these issues and bring some of them to the forefront because I know that we do have a platform and people that listen. But I also feel that those people probably agree with us anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Strong, our 12 followers. Agreement. Our 12 <laughs> followers. Um, but I feel it's important to discuss it and to not just let this fade into the background because mm-hmm. it's very real and it has been for a while. And I'm glad to get your expertise on it because you are so eloquent and very good at wording things, whereas I feel I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually glad for this space to talk about it because it's been floating around in my head a bit and I thought I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. But I'm actually glad that we had the space to. Because I kind of made you, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I really, no, no, it's really fine. And you're absolutely right. They need energy. They need attention. Yeah, exactly. So tell me, <sighs> what did you repress this week? So you're going to get cross with me for my repression because Uh-oh. you're going to say hang on i'll say my repression and then i'll say why you think you're gonna be cross with me okay i've repressed all the times in my life where i was like a proper pop feminist and a proper um what's the word what's the word like a um girl power feminist i'm repressing all the times that are girl boss exactly i'm repressing all the times that i wasn't intersectional because i know i wasn't and I can't think of any specific examples, but I just know that it's an attitude I will have had where I didn't. I, I know we're all about learning and growing, but I, it's just <laughs> that I've excluded some narratives in the past. Like I'm repressing that this week because it's been very on my mind with everyone posting stuff on social media. I've been very like aware of my feminism and what that means. And I'm reflecting back on how I used to be and how I used to navigate the world. And this is why mm. we're going to be angry because you're going to say, you times are different mm-hmm. you weren't ex- you weren't exposed to that education yet so I know <laughs> but it also just makes me cringe to think that I could have been part of that and I probably still am and still do am at fault it's just I don't know I'm repressing it's just got me thinking a lot about feminism and 
mm. and speaking out and and making question everything I say and worrying about what I say and I'm I'm repressing this fear and this this questioning everything I'm doing I guess I don't know I haven't really formed it out are you fleshed out that's all right are you in the act of repressing or did something happen where you were like (laughs) oh I'd repress that no I'm in the act of repressing at the moment like (laughs) this week thinking about it I didn't think that those were the parameters with which we shared these things. Uh, the fact that, like, a few episodes you ago, like, I, I'm in the midst of repressing this. And I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize that we could, like, live repress. Sounds healthy. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> it sounds healthy to, like, choose something that suits us and then fucking repress it. <laughs> I didn't realize that those were the parameters. But, but I hey, guess that's fine. I guess what I'm getting at is understanding that I'm at flaw, I'm at fault, and I'm not perfect. Because obviously, I hold this image in my head of like being this social justice warrior and saying all this mm. stuff. But actively, actually, in my past and my present, I'm still getting stuff wrong. I am problematic, mm. and that's what I'm repressing in a healthy way because I'm learning to deal with it and learning to accept that I'm not always going to be right and I'm going to upset people, but do my very bloody best to be better it's a fascinating question actually can you repress something healthily that's actually a fascinating <laughs> question and that's the it's whole point impression. of this like the way we do it is it's very tongue-in-cheek obviously asking what we repress because yeah, yeah. obviously course, yeah. we don't want to be repressing stuff but here mm. i am actively trying to repress this <laughs> i know i know this is podcast is about learning and growing but i refuse to learn and grow <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> no no actually no but the your i guess what you're saying is i have learned and i have grown and it's embarrassing yeah. to think of past me yes you've put that very who well was making mistakes yeah and present yeah. me who still makes mistakes yeah, and and I think you were right to believe that I would definitely contest this. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, of course, and I don't think it serves you to be ashamed of who you were in the past because you cannot change that. True. That is but I just, what I have to say. I look at where we come from and we're so privileged. We came from mm. this life where we went to boarding school and we yeah. moved in these circles and it's all just so... I've been like so at odds with that my whole life mm. since moving to Manchester and understanding what my how different my experience was like not seeing a person of color in my hometown at all mm. once until mm. moving to Manchester and understanding that this is the real life and being like oh shit I've been complicit in this is it's a stark realization it's something I'm still yeah. learning to understand in that as all white people should be like we're we are complicit and, mm. but it's not just about race it's about gender and age and ability and I don't class know, class exactly class class is a huge one which we were talking about earlier this week actually mm. yeah I, I was some bare, like barely baked thoughts on that but um the only other thing I can say is that the way we were brought up was not our choice and being culpable for that is absolutely fine I think you know like bearing witness which based and how that makes a difference on how you viewed life or view life and stuff like that is yeah completely reasonable in a way do you know what I mean but punishing yourself for choices that you could not have made because you were a not in charge of your life because you were a child and b not fully emotionally or mentally mature enough to understand 
but even is this whole not going to serve you. But this whole idea of like punishing myself and me being at war with it, it's just so ridiculous. Like, look at the bigger picture. Like, you've grown up in such privilege. Get over it. You're fine. Red flag. I, again, this is the secondary trauma thing. Like, if you don't believe that like your pain is worth reckoning with, you're going to sit until it erodes you. Yeah, that's true. Like, and this is. You, like yeah there's like that thing I, I the very rudimentary thing that I was like yeah you're in a doctor's office with a broken arm the person next to you has a broken arm and a broken leg the person next to them has two broken legs yeah. two broken arms like yes they are in more need but you still have a broken arm and that mm-hmm. still needs tending to yeah and I don't think that it, it will serve you or anybody you work with to devalue what you've been through or the pain that you carry or the trauma that you carry that's true and I was trying to explain this to someone the other day I was like the difference between privilege, like privileged people can still experience bad shit, but it's, yeah, it doesn't negate from the fact that their privilege, it, they never yeah. experience bad shit because of their privilege, because of their race, because of their gender, because of their class, their ability, their whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. And that's why looking at these structures is so important because it's understanding that people have been made to feel this way and feel mm. oppressed because of their gender sex race class choices they did not make and exactly. could not change exactly yeah right and I think we're again like <laughs> yeah we are agreeing definitely definitely we're agreeing but I also think it's easier to prioritize a greater journey a bigger battle a harder war than the one that's going on at your front door of yeah. course we understand why and if we live for social justice and we live to make things more equitable in the world like of course but your vessel is the one that does good your vessel yeah. your body your brain your aura your spirit your soul all of that needs to be taken care of in its way and if you disregard the trauma the pain the things it's been through then you don't service it then you're doing yourself a disservice fair i hadn't thought of that you're right and I mean I actually think that you had thought that you do like so we rem- we remind ourselves you remind we remind each other like yeah true again it's the same thing like they say that you would never speak to your best friend the way that you would speak to yourself yeah like and that's so fucking true like it's so easy to pay heed pay energy pay like give grace to other people's stories and not your own because you just think, oh, my life is my life. Like whatever, it's not as bad as actually. Yeah. But like, True. like no way would you have told me to just like grow up and get on with it after my surgery. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. No way would you've been like, yeah, Tilly. But like, people are dying out there. Like, shut up about your knee. Like, you would <laughs> never ever say that to me That's like true. because you realize how real it is to my life and how much it changes and makes a difference to how I live and move through the world and that's the the what I give back to you because it's the same thing like secondary trauma is a thing because you do carry the woes and the stories and the injustice of the people you work with and that's why you have supervisions that's why we have therapists <laughs> That's yeah, why we do all the things that we do to keep us moving. Tilly, what have you repressed this week? I'll tell you what I've repressed. And this came back to me with a jolt. <laughs> I had uh, I'd repressed that I went through 
a brief but pervasive Snoop Dogg phase at university. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember I that. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> and uh, didn't you have was... a rug with his face on? <laughs> no, I did not. It was a bedspread. He had a bedspread with his face on. More specifically, his Snoop Lion iteration for his Carnation album. <laughs> so <laughs> heavily influenced by reggae and protest music. That was my jam, dear <laughs> reader, 2015-16, as the middle-class white woman that I am. I was like, do you know who speaks to my experience? Snoop Lion. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll agree. I've repressed that with good reason. <laughs> Uh, my sweet housemates for my birthday got me a pair of uh, his bespoke socks that say gin and juice on them <laughs> sipping that gin and juice yeah that's his song and Do you wear like, them? that's my jam fucking love them actually they've got a lovely navy paisley so they are actually lovely <laughs> and I still love I still wear them to this day it's true I love uh, them I the bedspread I have still too it's got his face <laughs> on it <laughs> snoop lion on the bedspread. <laughs> I was way too old to be making that choice too. Fuck's sake. Bless my friends for just rolling with it. Bloody hell. And I repressed that. Like I said, with good reason, dear reader. <laughs> it also reminded me of my, again, brief but pervasive dubstep phase at school. No. I used to log on to SoundCloud. Rip the MP3s onto my iPod Mini, <laughs> plug them in to my whatever it was, my sound speaker system, <laughs> and play them at pre-drinks on Saturday when I was sixteen slash seventeen. You are incredibly cool. Ah, before my time, perhaps. Also, before my class, my gender, and my race. <laughs> 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 Maybe but should this music, does that mean that this music has to be for one race, race, gender, gender? No, that's true. It does not. And it can be enjoyed by anyone who connects with it. That, I'm sure, is a thing about music. Did I have to buy the merch? <laughs> <laughs> I think is what we're asking today. <laughs> Couldn't I have just thought... That's cool music and put it away. No, I couldn't. I had to I had to have the merch. I had to state my claim. Every person that came through my bedroom, romantic or nah, saw that I was a Snoop Lion fan. <laughs> it's so fucking embarrassing. The way I think about it now, it's so embarrassing. I never oh thought God. of it as embarrassing at the time. I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. I wasn't even like, I didn't get me any. Also, who, who ever has like linen like what's the word gimmicky linen oh, that's know. such a reach like you never have even if there's like i don't know some phase okay. going around you didn't you i give coralie some twilight sheets you did actually yeah that did happen that was also for a gimmick though like i was deadly serious about my dedication to snoop lion <laughs> uh, i love that I that's why I repressed it. Thank you. Well, thank you for saying thank you because I was listening to an old playlist on my Spotify because 
my boss at my placement asked me to edit a playlist that we're working on together. And I suddenly was like, shit, now she can see all of the playlists that I've made throughout my ute. <laughs> and so I was looking through these old playlists, these embarrassing, one of them's called, one of them's called Crying, Crying Playlist. So I to... Hey, I have one of that, but I had the foresight to call it B. To call it I B? Had, yeah, I had a crying playlist, but I num- num- named my playlist as the alphabet letters and I knew which one was which. That is... Uh, oh my god foresight that's incredibly clever and calculated. I had a crying playlist I was there hey hard relate from you and me (laughs) (laughs) love to stare out the window and cry Mm. and um so I suddenly was reevaluating all these playlists and I thought oh god she's gonna look at my terrible angsty tweenhood and this may or may not be news to to our dear listeners but I share a Spotify account with my sister who you may have met last episode um and people tell us often to get our own accounts but I honest to god love it I love feeling connected (laughs) to her I love the humility it teaches you when we both log on at the same time we can't listen both like we have to choose one or the other and so it's either an exercise in debate as you have to convince the other why you deserve the Spotify at this current moment or an exercise in compassion as to why you could give it away why why you could do without it and I just love that I love this like almost daily little trials and I know that if I log on and the most recent playlist has been you gotta work bitch that means that she's like in a work mode and if I log on and it's like (laughs) cry to exercise your demons playlist then I know that she's going through a tough time and I feel connected to her (laughs) and I fucking love that I love Um, that that's important so I was looking through our combined playlists anyway, and I saw, um, I put one on and then Snoop Lion popped up and all of this. <laughs> Snoop Lion! Perfectly flooded back. So that's what I repressed because it came flooding back and I was like, God, I forgot that I was that pretentious wanker once upon a time. Love that for you. And there we go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, what has empowered you this week? Um, what's empowered me? Um, again... I haven't felt it specifically. Like there are some things that happen to you that you feel great about and sometimes there aren't. And again, I would like to parry the empowerment question mm-hmm. with an unpopular opinion, if that's okay. I don't know why they're interchangeable. They shouldn't be, but here we go. Go for it. My unpopular opinion is that my mum has a Nutella vendetta against me. Expand. She keeps buying it, and I have to keep eating it. And we're stuck in an eternal loop. Why is that an unpopular opinion? Because if you know my mom, you know that she does not have the time to be doing vendettas. (laughs) (laughs) But if you ask me, Bridge would never. Fucking Bridge. She's got a vendetta against me. She just. Dude, just enjoy the chocolate. Enjoy it. I don't want to. I had such a long time without Nutella because I was like, palm oil's bad. And then actually an old friend of mine described that there is ethical palm oil out there. Like, it does exist. It can be a thing. Really? And I was like, interesting. I thought that was just a lie that the media sold us. (laughs) But she was like, no, there's facts. It's America. Um, And so I was like, okay, palm, like... Nutella's fine again. And so my mum had that green lit, the import. <laughs> and now 
we have motherfucking Nutella in droves in my house. And it pisses me off because like I don't want to be eating it because like if I don't buy it, I won't eat it, which sounds obvious. But you're at your weakest when you're hungry and in the shop. And again, I'm not subscribing to diet culture. I'm trying not to, ladies and gents. I understand how potentially negative that rhetoric is that like I mean, I've used the word rhetoric maybe too many times today but I get it it's like why shouldn't you have the things you want cool but I have such a lack of willpower that to try and gain any control in my life I have to make the choices I make at the times that I make them if that makes oh, sense yeah. and I think that my sugar intake is kind of damaging my thyroid and my like palate my like taste sensations I I just have a feeling that if I kicked sugar then I might be able to connect to my body in a a bit of a deeper way and this is something complicated that I'm really trying to work through too like am I just trying to use different words for diet culture maybe am I still harboring the damaging ideas that I would be happier if I was thinner I would be healthier if I was thin things I'm I'm trying to work through those things but um mm. i think my mum has a vendetta against me re natella <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's unpopular dear reader because okay. does like i said does Birg have time to be doing vendettas no she's got a motherfucking life to lead do i think that she actively maliciously like the terrible person she is shout out mom <laughs> you're a terrible person <laughs> <laughs> want me to fail yes yes i believe that end of story chapter close okay uh, i accept this change change approved you can change the question have we covered what empowered you no we haven't because i asked you and then you deflected it and asked and had a different oh, okay who's um, tell me what empowered you this week so what empowered me this week you're gonna love this is mm-hmm. that Dear reader, Tilly and I had a work meeting together. So Why Tilly, did I use that? I know. Empowered me. What a doofus I mean, am. But it means that it can empower me, and that's fine. So Tilly is running a workshop with our dear young people at work, and a spoken word workshop. And her and I <laughs> met this week to discuss it and plan it. And honestly, to God, it gave me like a premonition for when we are running our own organization in the future it felt so good to work with you I was so gassed it was like it was so beautiful it was so like structured and important mm. and we were doing saying all the right things but also we all, so the grown through, up. all the way through I was like ah, was, I love it. <laughs> why didn't I choose that because it's like my, me and Tilly have this goal to set up an organization a social enterprise mm. working with mm-hmm. young people um, yes, we do. And it was just like a flash forward to this event. It felt like this is what it would be like to be business partners. And I loved it. And that empowered me a lot, a lot, a lot. Fuck. Well, now I feel like a big fat doofus for not no, speaking don't. that. Just share your because, experience of it. Because that absolutely empowered me too. And I literally signed off our work meeting and um, I ran around the house and tried to find any housemate of mine who are both in their 60s and related to me. Um, <laughs> I ran into my housemate's room <laughs> and I was like, Mom! <laughs> oh. 
Um, and I ran to my housemate's room and I was like, and I literally did this dance. I mean, the readers won't be able to, but I was like, I will be uploading that dance on my Instagram. Because I was so alight with excitement. And my mum was like, what are you going to do? Wait, what's the thing? And I trying to explain to her. And as I was talking out loud, some like great ideas came to me. And I literally was like, oh shit, I better write this down. I like ran down the hall to go and grab, grab my piece of paper. And then I ran back in and I did the dance again. And I was like, this is so exciting. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, because you have again, and this is just your relentless gift to me. You have again given me the chance to level up. And like, I don't know if I've talked about this yet on podcast. And if I have, sorry, I was drunk. Leave me the fuck alone. Jesus. <laughs> Lucy does everything a year ahead of me. Like she consistently breaks barriers ahead of me and then opens the arms and lets me join the, join the fold. I do not. Like, again and again and again, you break new ground and let me come along for the ride. And then I discover something about myself. Like it has happened. Like the fact is there. Like I have the receipts. Like... <laughs> Like you went to Manchester a year ahead of me. You moved to London a year ahead of me. You, um, what was the other thing? Like there was, what was it? Anyway, whatever that it was, like you did it, I joined in. Um, And this had happened before when I was freelancing, um, before I sort of left London to get my knee surgery, you invited me to your work and to give a a workshop then. And um, you also relentlessly introduced me as a poet, which I always like shied away from. Cause I was like, no, who is she? Not me. Who? Not me. <laughs> and you say it. And you again, like give I mean me the it. opportunity to prove it. And that's incredibly, an incredibly powerful indictment of who you believe I could be as a creative, like as a creative, as opposed to no, just. You like, could be silly. It's who you are. Look at the, look at the work you've produced already. Look at the, um, <laughs> what's the performance that I love? The constellations one. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You're phenomenal. You are a poet. Stop saying could be and would be. You are. <laughs> I know. I know. You've got to practice what you preach. And I also believe that creativity is available to anyone and uh, whatever. Anyway, so the exciting thing about this that's so empowering is that we have another opportunity to work together. And I think I am much more qualified and much more. But also, I'm um, not taking the piss. Like, I. I have to respect my role at my work and I have to mm. recommend good people. I'm not taking the piss here. I've I've invited you along because you're good at it and you're great and you will do a fantastic workshop. It's That's what I mean. It's such like, a great... It's not being me, me being like, oh, how can I get my friend along? How can I get my friend involved? It's me like genuinely seeing you as a creative professional in your own right. Right. And that is what is a great indictment of your belief in me. And that is what... Why the fuck did I pick this? I'm such it's a not belief this. in you. It's true. It's truth. You're... A widely Yeah, but it's not. You're have more like have more vindiction. Like is that the word? Not vindiction. Conviction. Conviction. You're a poet. You're a bloody good poet and spoken word artist. And everyone needs to listen to you. (laughs) Well, I don't know if everyone needs to listen to me, but everyone can grow with me and and learn with me. And that's, I guess, what we do as facilitators. And I'm so grateful for this chance because it kind of opened up a different conversation with my placement, this opportunity, because your um, charity is so respected. Um, and so I'm really excited. And again, like these ideas were coming to me and I was like, would this be possible? Would this is the thing. And yes, it felt like an exciting flash forward at the potential and the ability we have to connect personally, 
physically (laughs) (laughs) professionally too like that's really really exciting to me and you take your job very seriously and that's why I mean it's such a great indictment of your belief in me because you believe I'm worth the time because I don't you wouldn't just throw anyone a bone like there are many we have many creative friends and you don't just throw every single person a bone yeah so um yeah it's that is actually very very exciting and um yeah, I can't wait to pinch a bunch of shit from everyone that I've learned and bring it together in a thing that makes sense to me. Actually, that brings me to what I've learned. What have you learned? So I have learned a little bit about crystal healing. Oh, correct response. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me find, yeah, crystal healing. So, um, this the thing I have to sh- like it's obviously got a bit of a backstory and this is, might be a bumper session dear reader because we've cracked on for so long and whatever you choose in the editing is fine um but we had a session today offered by the university on crystal healing and like subtle self-care like subtle energy work and um the chap Liam Cunningham who gave us a lecture with uh, Maureen Hetherington um are two Irish angels and Liam was a Jesuit priest in California who failed out of his exams because of his dyslexia came back to Ireland sorry came to London did this MA that I'm on now applied theatre at Central School of Speech and Drama then found himself back in Ireland and then embarked on like energy work and crystal healing qualifications like experience which I think is fascinating and she said, Maureen, who was his co-facilitator, said at the top of the session, like, I'll be using the word God. But when I say that, I just mean your iteration of a higher power. She's like, that's just the parlance I use. Please use it interchangeably with whatever you choose, because this is not a domin- denominational practice. This is a spiritual, wow. earthy practice. She was like, I'm just going to use the word God because it's accessible to me. But please interchange it for whatever you want. And I was like. That's great. Cool. Thank you for clarifying. I love that. And um, they asked us one by one um, who you are, like what's your name and why are you here? Because it's an optional lecture. So they're like, why did you choose to come today? Why are you interested? What what are you hoping to get out of it kind of thing? And a lot of people shared that they were interested in sort of um, brief name only, but had no deeper knowledge. Some people, actually a common rhetoric, sorry, a common story was that their parents and their family were into sort of crystal healing and energy work and stuff and so that they had like a passing interest but wanted to learn more which I thought was fascinating because it was not my experience at all um and so when I came to it and I explained you you and I and I said that excuse me that after her so I had chronic pain and sort of my version of a disabling um like skeletal issue and it led me to get surgery, which we've heard before on this on this potty. Um, but before opting for surgery, I pursued many different avenues of like health giving, pain relieving pursuits, just anything that would help. I was an open book. I was like, whatever will help me get out of this situation I'm ready for. And then even when I chose to get surgery, you and I brought our first crystals together because we bought crystals for like self-love for acceptance of change for bone growth for health for like embodied growth kind of things like that like you and I chose things and we had the same ones and 
there's a picture that came up on my time hop recently of me in hospital after my first surgery and I'm holding up my rose quartz and you're holding up your rose quartz and like we're on FaceTime to each other and I was explaining this to my like group and to the lecturer and I I got so emotional I started, started to cry and I was like I'm really sorry like I wasn't expecting to get emotional because I was prepared to tell this story because I was excited to share where I'd been and why it's important to me that I'm here and like um, uh, contribute to the energy in the room. And so I was surprised that I was tearful, but I think, you know, the emotiveness of it still stands and I'm still carrying it and it's still important and real. Mm-hmm. And the blesser, like Maureen was like, took her glasses off and was like dabbing her eyes because she was like, the compassionate energy that you feel in this room, I'm feeling it too. Like it's really affecting me too. Like oh. I'm with you. Um, and they like thanked me for my honesty and I got some like sweet messages on our like zoom chat that were like thank you and bless you and we love you kind of thing like sweet supportive stuff I know it's so cute but the thing that Maureen said to me she said tears are God's valium tears are God's valium and again this word God is interchangeable and that's why I said it it doesn't mean it's a religious God it means like the ancestors the higher powers the the God, the universe, the like mother nature, Gaia, like whoever you subscribe to, it's like that higher power is Valium. Like it's a way to soothe yourself, to recalibrate, to purge, to or, or exercise. All oh that yeah, kind of you thing. said and, this earlier when you said you got worked up about something and then you were like, mm. actually no, what was it? Well, this is a question I raised at the end of the session. I was like, I cried a lot these last few months and I don't know whether it's for me or for like the world's ills and like you and I joke a lot about being like a vessel for pain (laughs) because we feel we feel so intensely for everyone else and we are at the core of us empaths like we soak up the vibes of whomever we're with because we want to connect so deeply that we open up those emotional pathways and so whatever hurt whatever pain they're going through we've opened up that pathway and it can come straight in Mm. and that's something we've dealt with our whole life. And again, it's like our strength and our weakness at the same time, because although yeah. it can completely be the most incredible, ethereal, like cosmic connection that we feel, it can absolutely overwhelm and yeah. like uh, overload us. Yeah. Um, and so I said this, and I was like, I feel like this is a thing for me. Like, I don't ever want to not be empathic. I don't ever want to give up this part of me, but... I don't know always how to manage it and he was like crying is good for what like whatever the reason is crying is good and it kind of gave me a sense of relief like he was like you don't always need to discern where it's coming from Mm -hmm. and he said that discernment is a higher level of like training like when they do like energy training and crystal healing training like discernment is like the level up that's when you start like really tapping into different frequencies and that requires training and practice and blah blah yeah um and yeah he just said that like you guys as a class are already quite advanced because of the way where you're coming from your connection with each other your ability to attune and harmonize with each other kind of thing is like powerful but he just said like you don't need to discern it just know that crying is god's valium it's like a way to release and if you're doing it it's good and I was like, oh, okay. that question is just so nice. Mm. Even though I knew it in my bones and I knew it in my heart, like it was just nice to hear it. Yeah. And so I liked that a lot. I like um, that. He also said, um, 
yeah your gift is empathy but it overwhelms you if you don't protect yourself and which is what we've been talking about all along you can't pour from along. an empty cup you can't yeah. give if you've got no self-care in place exactly and that brings us full circle to your earlier point like like the connection to like your secondary trauma a real thing or like are my worries really worth talking about when there's so much else ill in the world yes they're worth it because you are a force for good you are a vessel for good and you live your life to the like power like in service of the power of others in service of the life of others if your cup is not full you have like nothing to give um and he basically taught us some like grounding techniques and they seemed so sensible to me and it seemed like the wording and the like um not theology but the um like the 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 words were interchangeable like you could call it mindfulness you could call it crystal healing you could call it like the polyvagal system if you're talking about like neuroscience and physiological science like it basically kind of taught us like a a calming grounding technique how to cleanse our energy to check in with our energy before and after sessions and he said that as if you're an applied theatre practitioner or if you work in the fields that we do you have to be able to like cleanse your energy restore before you go into a session and then do the same thing on the way out mm. and to, to, to pay heed to the fact that that session is finished yeah. I now I'm no longer opening up my energy fields to, to let more shit in to let yeah. the woes of the world in you're like I'm closing it down never completely like you never completely close down your energy field of course you never completely close down your mind of course you don't but you close it down to a protective element to a protective way That's when you're deep. like I can move forward and know that like yes, I still vibrate at the frequencies of my participants. I still vibrate at the frequencies of the woes of the world, but it's not directly impacting my day-to-day experience. Wow. I'd love to learn that. Oh, mind-blowing. I would love to teach it, but he also was like, it's really important that you don't just two-bit bootleg teach it. It's really, yeah. yeah. Um, Like, I only had one session, so there's no way I could, but it made me so excited and so desperate to embark on some kind of teaching and learning process because it's so up our street like it's just so us like if we could learn as well these self-protective toolkit would we not be better placed to move through the world yes we would amazing and to protect others exactly Mm. yeah you're right and if it was common parlance like it'd be wild and it just was so I loved it I absolutely loved it and also the two of the the facilitators were like they've got a northern Northern Irish accent This group, oh, God, Maureen, this group, absolutely harmonious. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's right that you're here. It's absolutely right that you're here. This group, the, <laughs> the energetic exchange that I'm getting from this group, are abso- absolutely, <laughs> it's harmonious, isn't it? This is my heritage. I'm half Northern <laughs> Irish and you are completely paying homage. You're not butchering it. You're smashing it. Uh. <laughs> but i mean obviously paying heed to the history that ireland has had northern and southern you know the like turbulent history they've had famously catholic famously religious to have both of them famously protestant both of them to sit there in front of me and be like yeah i subscribe to crystal healing was very powerful both of them described themselves as skeptics but then came into it and realized how much it had to serve them and serve their practice going forward that's very cool very cool i like that a lot 
I like that a lot. Yeah. Thank you for um, sharing. There you go. And no problem at all, because I couldn't stop thinking about you, not only because I'd mentioned you so early on in the top of the thing and like our relationship does make me emotional because of how important it is to me. Yeah. And I love talking about it. I love talking about the twists and turns <laughs> we've taken. I love talking about the way it evolves. And it's one of the yeah. most fulfilling, nurturing relationships I, I have, period. And that's on period. <laughs> we are incredibly codependent. And that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, we what refuse wrong with that? to change. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. <laughs> I'm afraid I've learned nothing this week. I was so <laughs> shrouded in misery and frustration, humanity and, and frustration yeah. that I did not absorb anything that I am aware of but I've loved learning about you. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. And we had a good, good old chat yeah, at the did, beginning, we didn't did. we? We did. We did. I think we did well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to ask the only other question is, um, how many cries have you had this week? But I mean, I think hey, we've kind of covered that too. We've, we've kind of covered that multiple, multiple. cries this week. Multiple <laughs> cries. Multiple cries. <laughs> I a lot, um, that's okay. Is there anything we'll else you want to share? Um, just how blessed and how moved and how grateful I am to have you in my life. I adore you. Can you hear me? It is such a fruitful relationship. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can hear you. Such yeah. a fruitful relationship. Oh, I have cool. actually one more thing to share, actually, which is just a sweet piece of comedy. So I'm on placement with Ali Pally in North London. Alexandra Palace, who doesn't, for anyone who doesn't know. And I am helping produce an online club night for and by disabled people and it is so much fun every time we meet on Wednesdays we go through dance moves playlists like hosting techniques all this stuff it, it's so joyful and so funny and so good and the thing that really 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 made me laugh this um this week at this meeting <laughs> is that one of our participants um who I won't name because that's for good reason but um had called himself his name let's call him bob bob the fourth member of little mix on his, <laughs> on his zoom name when i was like i love that we've got the fourth member of little mix here and he went yeah well jesse's jesse's left so there's space in it and i was like fucking <laughs> like why not <laughs> it made me laugh so much that every time he spoke it popped up like bob the fourth member of little mix (laughs) oh my god and like that purity of manifestation like that joy in his heart like that energy is something i want to carry through through with me and all of all that i do like that just joy of silliness like come on it's just so pure and funny like 17th member of the pussycat dolls yes Oh my god, I want to put that on my Instagram. That's so funny. <laughs> the child member of the Sugar Babes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, why not? Like, do you know what I mean? It's just so funny. If it makes him laugh, if it makes everyone who comes into contact with his Zoom account laugh, why the fuck not? I love that. I love that. The fourth member of Little Mix. Because apparently Jesse's left now, so there's room. Yeah. There's space. So there it's is. up for grabs. Bob's grabs. up for grabs. Anyone could be there. Bob's there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Come on, Perry. Bob's in line. <laughs> Bob's ready. <laughs> I just fucking love it so much. It just that joy, like absolutely touched me. And I was like, that's it. That's it. That's the whole thing. I love that. I love that. Yeah. We should all be so more good. Bob. We should. That and also he's a great mover. He's got great dance experience and he's a great mover. So he's gonna be an absolute um key member of the party. Addition. Right. So if anyone wants to come to the party, just pop on to the Alexandra Palace website and see the Rhythm Stick event because that's the one I'm helping produce. And it's a really I'm going to be there. Thing, I cannot wait. I'm excited. Yeah. And on that the note, pelvic floor will be there. The pelvic floor will be repping. You've been gorgeous. <laughs> I adore you. I love you. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Go well, sweet angels. Go well. Good night. If you've been affected by any of the topics in today's episode, Refuge have a free phone 24-hour national domestic abuse helpline. This is 0808 2000 247 and lots of resources online. Thank you.